1: Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs,
0: raising kidpreneurs.
1: It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. (laughs) And now we'd like to introduce your host.
0: She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Meg Brunson. Brunson. Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by EIEIO Marketing. Facebook advertising does not have to be stressful and overwhelming, not when you have a former Facebook employee in your corner. If your business is looking for a reputable agency to manage your Facebook ads, visit EIEIOmarketing.com and reach out for a free consultation today. When you think about your Facebook marketing strategy, always remember EIEIO, where their name isn't just cute, It represents the ideal Facebook strategy. Engage, interact, educate, influence, and optimize. Now let's introduce today's guest. She holds a PhD in engineering from Dartmouth. She received her master's in biotechnology when she was living in Germany and a bachelor's in engineering from her time in India. Previously, she had dedicated a decade of her life working on renewable energy. Then she took it upon herself to reimagine education by launching STEM Chef for the benefit of the future generations. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to Dr. Ashy Bandywad. Hi, Ashy. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Meg.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Oh, I can't wait to get into this with you. So you've got a pretty impressive resume, I think. You, <laughs> You're your educational journey has spanned the world. Um, And prior to launching your business, well, can you share some background information about what your career looked
1: like? Sure, Meg. Yeah, you're right there. I did have a whole gamut of educational experiences spanning the globe. Um, So I grew up in India and my dad was in an environmental um, company. And inspired by him, I really wanted to save the world. So Whatever I wanted to do professionally was inspired by that decision. and it made sense for me to do uh, chemical engineering, um, and towards the end of the uh, end of the educational degree, I realized that I wanted to do this with a different means to the same end. So I wanted to take a biological approach. To um, the whole environmental aspects, so I embarked on a masters in biotech in Germany. Um, I ended up doing a few jobs starting um, after my graduate degree. Some of it, which took me out of the actual machine I was on, and uh, towards probably a couple couple years uh, in. To a company that I was working in, which is a drug, drug development company, I really wanted to go back to the roots of where I started. So, this research that was being done uh, at Dartmouth College by Dr. Lee Lind really spoke to me. It was working on renewable energy, uh, which kind of you know promised to be the the new uh, renewable energy uh, saving the environment and the world using bioenergy. So I spent almost a decade of my life uh, pursuing a doctorate in, in this technology and after that working um, in the same field at, at UC Berkeley.
0: Wow. Now, I'm not that familiar with renewable energy. That's not really my field. Um, is that still a project that's active or are those,
1: is that energy type still in use today? well it's a great question actually renewable energy comes in different flavors uh specifically i was working on bioenergy it is something that is on the mind of a lot of people and there are a lot of efforts that are being uh carried out in this in this realm some of it being solar wind which is definitely catching on and there are uh Multi-million dollar projects that are in installation right now that are really uh, making waves and giving some credible energy sources. However, bioenergy is something that is, it's a technology that just takes a lot of time to really come into fruition. So even when I started and up until now, it's really in the research phase so, implementing on a large scale for it to significantly make a difference in the real world, I am unfortunately have to say it's going to take a little while.
0: Well, it's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> it clarifies things for me. I, I don't think I even made the connection, I feel a little embarrassed to say this, about like solar energy and wind energy falling under the category of renewable energy. But thank you for clarifying that for me. Hopefully, I'm not the only one that was
1: confused. of course. Of course.
0: So now I'd love to hear about what inspired you to start your business. I feel like the business that you currently have is so unique and there are connections, you know, scientific connections, I'm sure with your, with your educational background and your history, but I do feel like it's a pretty significant pivot you've made.
1: You're so right there. It is. And it was not planned. I'll tell you that for sure. I was working, um, in the, in the context of a research scientist at, at UC Berkeley. And this was about three years ago. I had a daughter who was three years old then. I used to be in a hurry to just get to work, drop her off to preschool, and not think about you know education in terms of little kids. <laughs> but my daughter kind of put me on this path and it was very organically that i started to think about what i am doing right now so she would ask me questions she would ask me questions that would challenge me and make me <laughs> cheesy as it might sound make me be a better scientist because she would ask me complicated questions and i would have i would have to answer them in a way that she would understand, in a way that a three-year-old would understand. Like, for example, uh, she would ask me about how a car engine works or how do you get energy from the sun? (laughs) She would just see things around her. And, you know, this is something that I realized is kids are inquisitive by nature. They're just innately curious to learn about things around them. And if you shut them off and say, I'm busy or, you know, this doesn't concern you or you're too little for it, they are going to get shut off. And that's what I realized uh, I was doing many a times. But when I answered her, her curiosity would blossom even more. And many a times she would ask me these complicated questions that I didn't know how to answer. And, you know, when I was just uh, cooking in the kitchen, uh making dinner for her that answer a question would pop up and the answer would automatically uh manifest itself in a kitchen experiment you know very much on the go and once i got into this mindset it started becoming a habitual thing where she would ask me questions i would work with whatever items i had in the kitchen and many a times it would culminate in us eating the experiment, <laughs> which was fun. Uh, but this was this was very, very informal and nothing that I had decided on doing. It wasn't until a year ago that I thought I should take these lessons and package them and see if, you know, they're they're uh, legitimate for other kids to, to munch on, <laughs> no pun intended.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds delicious. So what kind of foods do you do you focus on? I mean, are they dessert type foods
1: or or dinner type foods or a variety? It's a variety. So in general, depending on the class or the duration of the class, because I run summer camps and enrichment camps that could span anywhere from an hour or even demos actually, which could span even like half an hour to like half day camps. So depending on the time we have available we do 1 to 3 recipes. And I try to balance out one sweet and one savory recipe if we have the time. Awesome.
0: So what made you totally change your path? Why abandon your initial career for this one?
1: You know, that's an answer uh, that's an answer I would like to answer to myself <laughs> after having spent what feels like my entire lifetime in an educational environment in an academia setting. Honestly, I felt like my daughter was growing up really fast and if I didn't do it right now, if I just kept it for a rainy day, she would grow up, go off to college and this, this dream and this passion of You know, seeing how this uh, new found educational strategy would work would just gather dust and not see the light of day. So I didn't think much. I just thought, the time is now. I got to do it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least I've given it my all. And I
0: think we can all sympathize with that. Like, our kids just grow. Like, where did the time go? So (laughs) I think we can all sympathize with that.
1: Right, right.
0: And what did those initial steps look like when you made the decision to walk away and start something new?
1: You know, honestly, it was kind of a gradual um, decision. It wasn't just a one night I said, okay, I'm going to stop all this. Um, I was on an entrepreneurial track way before I started STEM Chef. I was working with a couple of the partners very much in the realm of my um, educational expertise, which is biotechnology and uh, renewable energy. It was an entrepreneurial venture that I had started while I was still at UC Berkeley. And little by little, I saw the merit in leaving academia and going full on uh, with the entrepreneurial venture. Unfortunately or fortunately, that venture didn't go anywhere. And we had to sort of shut shut down shop in about eight, eight, or ten months, and that was the time where I had the entrepreneurial bug that had bitten me, and the next step that I wanted to take was somewhere in that in that white arena, but i hadn 't connected the dots that the side passion that I had for educating little kids could actually be that next project. That took <laughs> a significant getting used to in my mindset. Um, but it did happen pretty seamlessly, I wanna say. That's awesome. So you
0: mentioned
1: that you've got
0: summer camps and classes. What do you envision for a STEM Chef in the future?
1: Well, you know, the summer camps and the classes are very local. Um, in serving the Tri Valley area, what I have come to understand and realize is this: something. Uh, this is something that people really appreciate and like. There are friends and you know, acquaintances I know outside of this geographical area, and they're like, when are you coming here? Are you bringing Stamp Chef here?" So I have realized that I I need to scale, and the way I'm going to scale is not through. Uh, in-person classes but rather online and video classes and alongside I'm developing a book series which is sort of converting every lesson into a, a fictional storybook if of sorts so it's it won't be a science lesson it won't be a science textbook It'll be a fictional storybook with whimsical characters coming to life. You sort of learn, or the kids sort of learn the science by the by, and it culminates in a cooking up couple recipes.
0: So do you have an idea of how how big that book series will be? You know,
1: at this point, I want it to be big, but it takes time to write the books and do the whole illustrations because it's going to be an illustrated book series. So uh, definitely the lessons are going to be at an accelerated growth than the book series. But I want to say I want to make at least uh, like a dozen books in each scientific category. And what
0: type of scientific categories do you focus on?
1: Right now, science, physics, biology, and you know elements of math are covered in each of the lessons, but this is sort of just the the primary sciences or the you know uh, the main focus of sciences. but from here on, I see the, a lot of cross cutting and um, cross sections of science uh, scientific realms uh, technology like even coding maybe and architecture you know, the, the possibilities are really endless.
0: And all centered around making food in the kitchen. Yep. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, <laughs> so cool.
1: Thank you.
0: So what ages are your programs really designed for? What age range for kids?
1: So when I advertise the age range, I say ages five to 10. However, that is only because I do in-person classes and I don't really want to be responsible for kids who are younger than five because the attention span might not be uh as matured I would say as as a six or seven year old However, if the kids are doing this um at home with their parents with the new uh new model that I will have in play, it can be as young as three, really.
0: Great. And how has your daughter, how have you seen your daughter change since you started this entrepreneurial
1: venture? Oh my gosh, in so many ways. So first of all, um, my website will kind of capture that she is a (laughs) co-founder of the company. And I kid you not. I mean, honestly, she has been not just an inspiration, but she has been a key player in even getting this thing going. Because uh, only because of the curiosity and questions that she has, am I challenged to create answers for her and create these classes. So uh, she, in, in a way, is is my inspiration, my advisor, <laughs> my idea generation machine, all in one. And the answers that I give her, or when we're doing these classes, she innately just applies all these things to other everyday happenings. So just to give you an example, uh, we did a class on density. And by the way, this is not only pertaining to her, this is pertaining to all the students or or most of the kids who have taken these classes. Like I see that application-oriented mind just blossoming. So coming back to the example, I did a density lesson and they sort of understand what density means. And one day we were in a restaurant and we got this glass full of ice water. And, um, there was chunks of ice in it floating in the water, and she's like, "Hey, mom, that's like density, right?" <laughs> it's like the ice is less dense than water. I'm like, yeah, you're right. She's like, yeah, I kind of realized that after taking the class or, uh, you know, something, something to that effect. So I really see many examples of where she's applying all those lessons.
0: Wow. And that's totally going to prepare her for the future for school. She's going to be more than prepared for those classes in science in
1: high school. (laughs) Right. I mean, honestly, for me, the more than just the preparation part, Uh it really feels to me like I am instilling the curiosity and instilling that absolute love for science, just because they understand it, not just from a bookish standpoint, but from a very, you know, real life, you know, real daily life application standpoint. So that's that's my mo- that's my motivation and that's my uh, goal is just to get kids you know loving science,
0: and I've had similar experiences with my kids. You know, they learn from doing it themselves. You know, not from being taught it verbally or from reading about it. It's it's hands on that really helps them learn. And I Absolutely. love that. I love that you've used cooking, which is something that most of us do a couple times a day, you know, even a working parent likely prepares breakfast and dinner. So you, you have those opportunities to incorporate these
1: lessons. And I love the idea of the videos. Thank you. Right. That's, that's the whole point. I mean, uh, it's something that most of the ingredients are just there in your kitchen.
0: Now, would you care to share a little bit about how your daughter has um, kind of morphed entrepreneurially? Like you mentioned earlier, a story about her and her developing some philanthropic, you know, goals or tendencies?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure I can credit STEM Chef for that behavior. However, but you can credit you. <laughs> Thank you. So, yes, we, uh, I'm from India, originally, and uh, my my daughter's born and brought up in the US. But we do go back to India ever so often. We try to do at least a yearly trip. So two years ago, when we were there in India, she saw this little beggar girl begging for money going from car to car. That image really stuck with her. And she actually thought that the girl was lost and looking for her parents. Uh, I I didn't want to tell her the truth, just want to, to preserve her innocence but after her persistence in going back to that uh, site that she saw I came clean and I told her that she was actually begging for money and there are a lot of underprivileged and poor children in India and that made such an impact on her that she really wanted to help poor people so two years fast forwarding two years that image and um, that motivation to help others uh, Made her. She hasn't started this yet, but she, she wants to start a nonprofit where she and her friends make um, cards, like greeting cards for different occasions, and sell them and use that money to donate to orphanages or charities that actually help in the welfare of uh, ch- underprivileged children. So this is something sort of in the offing, <laughs> not yet established. Uh, yeah. But I think what stood out
0: for me was I like how you pointed out that you you almost didn't want to tell her. I think that we have those those instances in all of our lives where our kids ask us a question that's difficult on some realm. You know, it could be anything, and you don't want to tell them because... You don't want them to see that side of the world or that side of the reality, but you explained it in an age appropriate way and in, and she and she digested it well and has turned this positive spin on it, so I think that that's awesome and it's similar to what you're doing with stem chef is you're taking these complex i mean I'll, I'll be honest if my daughter said like "How does the sun make energy I'd have to google it number one because <laughs> I'm not entirely sure um <laughs> Yeah, honest. But I don't know. You're right. It's difficult to try to break things down into age-appropriate ways. So I think that's where I'm going. I see that parallel even between the two situations.
1: Right, right. Yes, you're so absolutely right. I mean, the one thing I have come to understand and appreciate is kids. Even though they're young and of uh, you know just blossoming, they're humans, and you have to treat them sometimes like adults you know really take them seriously because if you don't they won't take themselves seriously and that is something that is just going to go such a long way in the future for yourself and for your children um it's it's absolutely fascinating what they can achieve you know yeah So what,
0: what would you say your number one piece of advice is for other parents, entrepreneurs out there listening, say, what would you, what would you tell them? What's the best advice that's helped you that you'd pass on to them?
1: My absolute first advice is just do it. Whatever you want, just do it. Like, stop procrastinating. Uh, That is something that (laughs) had hindered me for such a long time because I thought, oh, wait, I have to get all my ducks in a row, uh, you know, figure out everything. That's, that's just not right. And that's just not true, because that's never going to happen. The second thing I would say is, if you're at a really early stage where you don't know what you want to do yet, just start small, you don't have to go all in all at once. Uh, Take small steps, like just Make yourself an idea-generating machine. Um, You know, look around you. What are the pain points that trouble you? What are some things that you'd like to fix, you know, uh, just in the world for yourself? Make a note of those. And once you start doing that, it's incredible how many ideas and solutions just start popping up. And you kind of put yourself on this, um, you know, rolling hill, where you kind of just roll with it and y- y- intuitively you know what you want to do next.
0: So your answer there, especially the, the just do it, triggered another question that and, and I'd like to ask. Um, sure. When you, during the point of your transition, did you have any pushback from anybody, from your, whether it was your parents or your spouse or even just internally yourself? Was there anybody who was giving you that voice of like, you're crazy, what are you doing? Cause I know, me. I mean, I know I had that, you know, so.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It was me. <laughs> I was that voice. I was that pushback. And uh yes, I guess this is another piece that I really could, cannot stress on enough is take yourself seriously. Like, especially if you're a woman, and I have to tell you this because I'm a woman and I'm coming from that standpoint as a mom, as a female, we always have a tendency to, you know, question ourselves and not be confident about whatever we're thinking or what we're doing. Try to lock those up away somewhere. It's obviously easier said than done, but just take yourself seriously and go all in for what it's worth. Because unless you take yourself seriously, who's going to take you seriously? And you're not going to give it your 100% or, you know, 200% in the case of entrepreneurship that you need if uh, if you don't do it.
0: No, totally makes sense. I feel like we're all still, I, mean, I still have those moments, you know, right. where you're like, Arr. Right. <laughs> This is really the right thing. So, at this point, can you share with us where people can learn more about STEM Chef or where they can find you? And I know, I know you mentioned briefly. I don't think you actually called out what area you're in. So, you're in the Bay Area. Is that correct?
1: Oh yes, that's right. I'm in the Bay Area. I live in the East Bay.
0: Just so if our listeners want to get into a class, they know where the physical classes are
1: currently located. Well, I'm actually not. I'm suspending sort of physical location of classes just because I'm transitioning to the online version now and sort of the literary version, if you will. Uh, but I do have demos and I, um, I'm invited to places for talks and for demos. So I, I try to keep that Posted on my website, which is where you can find the most information, which is www.stemchef.com. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can email me at hello at stemchef.com if you need to contact me. That's great.
0: I really appreciate this. I just, I can't get over how fascinating (laughs) when I saw your resume, I was like, whoa, those are a lot of countries to be studying in. You know, you've got, you, you were just on a very high level, high technical path. And I think that pivot is incredible. And I really hope that somebody listening, you know, who may be in that same position where they feel like, they feel like they're, they've made it already. Do you know what I mean? Like absolutely. they've got their doctorate. They're working in this field that they've worked all their lives to get to, but it's not too late. You know, a pivot is still possible and, and I feel like you've done it. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Oh, of course. Thank
1: you very much. And you're you're absolutely right about, you know, anything is possible anytime. I believe in that mantra.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Meg. Thank you so much for having me. You'll find all of the show notes and the links mentioned in this week's episode at megbrenson.com slash 29. Last week, we met Sarah Talbert. She's a homeschooling mom of three who loves French press coffee and the feel of sun on her skin. She's also a coach to Christian business moms who are struggling to fulfill their purpose without failing their families. She helps her clients begin their entrepreneurial journeys to awaken their potential to create, and she brought a ton of great advice to last week's episode, so be sure to go back and give it a listen. Next week, I'm excited to welcome the CEO and founder of Boss Mom, Dana Malstaff. She is a mother, author, speaker, business strategist, podcaster, blind spot reducer, and movement maker. She launched the Boss Mom brand with her first book, Boss Mom, The Ultimate Guide to Raising a Business and Nurturing Your Family Like a Pro, and she quickly grew to a six-figure business within a year. Now, she has over 10,000 students in various courses and helps women all over the world raise their businesses and babies at the same time. She believes that pursuing our passions and building our dreams while including our children in the process is the best way to build thriving businesses and families. And ultimately, we need to show our children that doing what we love can be financially viable. It should be super clear to you why she's gonna be an amazing guest on this podcast. Our visions are so perfectly aligned and I can't wait to bring you that value-packed episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast today so that you don't miss it. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It only takes a moment and let's be honest, it helps other parent entrepreneurs know how amazing this podcast really is.